Have you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is a new season of Open Bar Talk, one of the amazing podcasts out here in the universe. We are solely dedicated to the life and times of bartenders, bouncers, and the nightlife. Uh, I am your host, Jim Search. You can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. You can go on all social media, find me at Jim Search. I make branding super easy for you. Uh, if you're looking to get a hold of this podcast, hit us up, openbartalk at gmail.com, openbartalk on Instagram, and openbartalk on Twitter. Where can you find this podcast? Well, I will tell you. Uh, anywhere where you find a podcast, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, underneath your car, in your cabinet, wherever the fuck you get your podcast, that's where you find this one. Um, so do that. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell everybody you know about the show because we are great. Now, I'm super pumped to have uh, this bartender guest here on the show. I mean, I've known her forever. I was desperately waiting for the call when she responded to this. And I was like, yes, it's finally because, you know, self-indulgently. So some of the stories <laughs> I may have been there for, uh, I drop in the bucket, we'll say, right. But just know that uh, I'm very pumped to uh, have uh, my guest on here today. It's going to be so much fun. Cassandra Savacha, how are you, my friend? How are you? It's been years. Hello. Hi, I'm good. You didn't tell me that I was the season opener. <laughs> you are, yeah, pressure. Look, pressure <laughs> makes diamonds. You know that. <laughs> we are. This is going to be an amazing episode. I'm so pumped to uh, talk to you. And, you know, again, like, I, I've been part of the bartending journey that you uh, were on for some time. So, like, this is, again, somewhat self-indulgent. Um, but I know that there's so much more outside of, uh, our exchange in your world of bartending. So it's going to be super exciting and I can't say super many more times. Um, <laughs> but just know that welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to have you here. Um, so, you know, let's talk. Um, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit. How did you get into the world of bartending? What was your origin story, if you will? Um, I was living in Los Angeles and I worked at a, as a cocktail waitress at a place called Tangier, which was a bar restaurant and a small music venue in the back. Okay. And I knew I just really wanted to try bartending. So I went to my manager and I asked him if I could basically just job shadow a bartender on a slow night. You okay. don't have to pay me. You don't have to, to hire me as a bartender. I just wanted to learn. And if I could be back there behind, you know, the stick, as they say, then I, it's, you know, the best way to learn. So I did it. And next thing you know, I had like a shift within like a week. Really? And Became the manager or like the bar manager pretty quickly after that. Like it, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. It just became like a natural fit, like multitasking. Now, what drew you to it? What, like, what about the, like, um, I mean, there? there's, I, you know, we joke a little bit about like the power or, you know, the, I always, um, 
I like the idea of the space of the bar between you and the people. And I think I was just really, I hate it carrying trays. <laughs> the balance <laughs> of like the tray. And uh, we had it, did like a lot of martinis. And because it was Los Angeles, you know, like celebrities are um, everywhere. And I just, they were always there in that small music venue and nothing would be more embarrassing than to like drop or spill their martini all over somebody, um, you know, for whatever reason. But I, yeah, it, it was, it is a little bit about like having the control and the power over, uh, what's happening. Sure. Sure. Um, I like, and I like that kind of, it was athletic, if you will, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's, it's got a high intensity, you know, boom, boom, boom. When, when it's high volume. Now. So with that power, right? Like, I guess one of the questions I have around that power is like, did you feel that like, once you first stepped in that you knew how to wield it, I guess, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, um, <laughs> no, not at all. um, and that didn't really happen to me until I was bartending in New York and about a year after working at, um, the space I was at, um, new to New York, um, worked at a bar that, um, was about 300 capacity. It wasn't a club, but it sort of was on the weekends, um, very high volume, kind of at the, um, right at the beginning of the, uh, you know, the financial crisis. So lots of money being thrown around. Sure. Sure. Um, I was just handed the management position because another, they were opening up another bar okay, um, in union square there. So, uh, like the two main bartenders and the manager who also, you also bartended, um, were leaving to go to that because they were partnered into that bar. And I was all the, like I was showed how to like count the money at the end of the night and this is what I do and I'm running the place. And, um, yeah, at first there was definitely some funny stories because, um, you know, you're dealing with a lot of people who have parties coming in and they are, you know, they want their way. And, um, I definitely didn't know how to like control my own temper, like with them because, uh, people are just like yelling at you. And so at first, like, I definitely like the, there's like fire raging in me. Sure. All the time. Um, like the first couple like incidents of dealing with like really drunk, um, people who expected something. And, um, I remember, I mean, we would be like three deep, like just packed, Right. And the bar was like shaped like a U. So you had people on either side, like all over the place. Okay. And my thing when I look at a busy bar is I'm going to go to the person that has the money in their hands because they're ready. Sure, sure. They have, card or they have their cash in their hand. And that means like I'm going to um, go to you first because it means you're probably prepared. And um, I'm not not choosing you to pick on you as like, you know, like people would get infuriated. Like if you didn't choose them. Well, um, I mean, that's a real catch 22, right? Because whoever you pick, someone is not being picked. Oh, yeah. Right. So like you're yes. damned, damned if you don't. So this guy was like lighting cocktail napkins on fire on the candles on the bar and like throwing them at me. 
Oh, super chill. Great yeah, way to get super someone's chill, attention. Right? Super chill vibes. And, you know, the bar had like four to five security guards that worked those nights, like Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, when it was really, really busy. And then we had like a DJ and stuff. Um, so I had already went to get the security guard to get him out. Okay. And um, I remember like... By you know, you're trying to get through the crowd to the door where they are at, and then I'm trying to get back. And um, this here's the guy standing right in front of me. He is now he's calling me names. He's calling me a fucking bitch. Um, because okay. and of course now I'm not gonna like serve you. I know that you're about <laughs> to be like taken out. Right. The right. guards first off grab the wrong guy. Like this skinny little <laughs> guy right next to him. And they're like, they're very efficient. So it was like a vacuum that sucked this poor kid out. And he was like, ah! I, I felt so bad. And everyone's like, you got the wrong guy. Like the crowd pays attention. they like, know that you're work- like, most people know you're working hard and they kind of see what you're doing, whatever pattern you're like, if you're sure. moving back and forth, whatever. Um, Jim, he called me a fucking bitch one more time. I slapped him across the face. I and I'm not a violent person. Like I've known you a long time. I don't. You don't have what's called a history of violence. So no. So I I don't even know where it came from. Like it just out of my body. And then immediately the security guards like sucked him out. Like he like kind of folded in half. (laughs) But that whole side of the bar like cheered. They were like. Because they thought it was like amazing, right? <laughs> right. I'm right. gonna get fired. What's that? I, I just knew I was gonna possibly get fired. Like I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to jail. I just assaulted somebody. You know, it's it's wild though because like when the police would have potentially shown up to this incident, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. they take the they take the reports. I'm guessing this guy is drunk. Right? Because... Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. Historically, no one has really ever gotten the side of an argument when you said, well, you know, I've, I've drunk, yeah, I've been drinking a little bit, and, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, you've been drinking? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, that... It's, it's an uphill battle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just... I remember I did, I fessed up immediately to the owners the following day. I'm like, I, I need to tell you something. I This is what happened. Um, I slapped him across the face. Honestly, I did not know, like, like it was an out of body experience and they were like, good for you. Only in New York, Jim. Like, that they're like, <laughs> um, good. Yeah. And that kind of engaged like my power trip for a while that I had as like the bartender manager. Right. And right. Definitely like, um, well, I have a question just uh, sure. circling back to the the innocent man who was sucked into the void, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Was was he ever cleared? Or did he ever I, come No. Absolutely. Like the poor guy was out. Like it's okay. so chaotic there that it would be really hard to even like get your security guards to like um and they were amazing and I love them all. Um like they were to get them to like even to communicate to them and it was like so busy and slammed and that it's just like impossible 
Right. I definitely stood behind those uh, bouncers um, yelling at people, but like stood behind them and like (laughs) head out and you know yell back at somebody on the street as I kicked them out, like (laughs) or whatever incident. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like the crowd cheering is so typical New York, and I think I, I was telling you, I really feel like bartending is is so much like the movie gladiator you know like yeah, we were talking about that over yeah uh, over like text, i always right? say if you win the crowd you win your freedom <laughs> and that is that is true like if they love you the crowd will do the work for you i've many times as a bartender you know especially during happy hour when you get regulars the people that come every friday to see you for a couple hours and you get that one weird person that comes in to like give people just a problem. I've had the whole bar like stand up and like in between me and that person, as I'm like, I don't need your business. Uh, Yeah. It is very much like gladiator. Like, you know, if you're, if you're a good bartender, you have a good crowd. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, it's funny because like as you're telling that story, I'm thinking about like the times that I've like been that person who like, you know, I'm mean, oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm like you, revival. Yeah. Those That's, are, uh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, no. I was, well, I was going to say like there's definitely been nights where I have been that regular, which is kind of the impetus behind this podcast where I've been like, oh, this is a fucking weirdo here at the bar. What are we going to do about it? I got you. Right. And the, as you said, you win the crowd, you win your freedom and the rest of the regulars rise up and go, all right, dude, you don't belong here. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything. Uh, But once I learned that, you know, like giving into my power or my like anger and like letting these people get a rise out of me, um, the more I didn't and just like turned it off, Mm-hmm. The funnier and um, more ridiculous people will get. Like people will be like yelling at me, of course, because they're wasted and you cut them off or whatever. Sure. Um, they'll want to speak to a manager. And I used to say, okay, hold on one second. You're speaking to the manager. Like I would take <laughs> that pause or I would turn around. Like, oh, perfect. And, and be like, hi, you the person that you just insulted and swore at and screamed at and who cut you off appropriately is actually the manager. This space, this is my house. You're in my house. Welcome. Yeah. I make those rules. <laughs> and so now it's, it, that's funny though, that you were able to kind of detach from the, I guess the, the anger, I guess. Right. Of, yeah. Of taking mean, it personally. Yeah. And that's what they do. People, drunk people like go after you like personally, these guys, I remember one time they, um, they came in and these two guys, and again, it was really busy and they were like two Jack and Cokes, but can you hook it up? And you're Off busy. the jump. Just... Yeah. You're busy and you don't know how I pour. You don't know anything about this, you know, what's going on. And I don't know you. Um, and so I give them their Jack and Cokes and they said, oh, well, c- can you hook it up? And I'm like, I take them back. Wait, did they, did they sip, did they sip it or did they sip no. it or? No. Well, no. I- and I was like, you guys are done. Go get out of here. No one's going to serve you. 
Yeah. And we're too busy. Like, just go. And he leaned in and he was like, you know what? You're so fucking ugly. And I remember this again was kind of early on. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I go. (gasps) I I was so shocked by that particular comment. And I was like, you two are done. You left on the wrong person. (laughs) And I remember I got like kicked, had them kicked out. And that was one of those situations where I was like behind Sean at the door, just being like, don't ever fucking come back to my bar again. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. And Sean being this very large security guard, his whole body would start to like shake with laughter because it would be just like my head peeking out behind <laughs> yelling these profanities at people as they're like leaving um so yeah that was again that was really early on and then after that like within like i say about a month everything after that was just like okay yeah like this isn't real right yeah. like or just like the the reactions that you're seeing aren't real right and like the thing yeah like, i guess there's I don't know. I feel like in some instances it is because it's actually happening, but then in the same breath, it's just like, well, I've, I've heard so much and it's like, well, you, you're not going to penetrate me. Like this is right. The more neutral you are, the better. And the more you just kind of laugh, just the more um, it just pisses them off, which is actually absolutely entertaining. Oh my God. Well, you know, it's kind of like that old axiom of just like the more you laugh, the more the mad they get. Right. Yes. Because like you're not engaging it. Right. Because right. they want anger. Right. The the yeah. people that are coming at you want you to be upset and want you to show your face. And it's like, oh, <laughs> well, I win eventually. Like you win. Right. As said, as the person in control, you are the one behind the stick. So it's like I decide who's here and who's not. So, yeah, exactly. This is my house. This is what I tell them it's my house this is this is all my you don't get to tell me what to do like yeah. and i think that only really plays well in new york city interesting um i can't imagine i mean i there's probably some places here in detroit that would you know you could get away with some like hardcore sass um but people like look for it in new york city like they just want that mm-hmm. raw type of like attitude um, as long as you're a good bartender and you make good drinks, you know, I think I spent a lot of time being really proud of myself that I've taught a lot of people manners because manners can go just as far as your tip can go. Like if you say please and thank you, that's huge, you know, for us bartenders. It's like, Acknow- <laughs> acknowledge, acknowledgement of what you're doing. Right. Right. The, Simple acknowledgement, right? It's the little stuff goes a long way. And then ordering and and like other little pet peeves would be like, um, like how, um, how someone orders something like, let me get a, is the opening phrase. Let me get a, um, cranberry vodka, which most bartenders kind of hate. Like we want you to say the alcohol first, because that's what we're doing for like grabbing, especially when you're busy. Sure. And then, I remember one guy was like, he's like, let me get a Belvedere cranberry. And I was like, please. (laughs) Yeah. And I wait and he's like, yo, let me get a Belvedere cranberry. And I went, please. (laughs) 
And he's like, yeah. And I go, please. And he goes, oh, oh, yeah. Let me, let me get up, please. <laughs> Which in and of itself, right? And this is just a little side note of just like, let me get up is my, one of my pet peeves. I always ask like, what are bartenders pet peeves? But this yeah. I have to really jump into is like, let me get, or, you know, let me have, well, no, can I have, right? Yeah. That's, may I have, do yeah. you have, like, so much, I mean, I feel like that is, like, because, you know, look, I'm from upstate New York, which has a lot of Midwest overlap, right, totally. that, like, manners are huge, right? Like, yeah. I totally, oof, that, that, that sends me away, and I'm I'm glad that you were on the front line, and we're able to redirect some of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, now, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh well, I was gonna say. So while you have certainly like sent people in the direction of manners, right, mm-hmm. which I think is important. Um, what are some of the other wild? Like, what is one of those moments where you were like, "Holy shit!" I can't like over-the-top situation where you're like, this is happening right now in front of me as I'm... Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of... <laughs> I've seen a lot of sexual activity at the bar, and I've also seen a lot of fights, a lot of violence, which is... Okay. Uh, like, some of it straight out of a movie, like, where things... Glasses being, like, thrown. And, and as a... a, a a female bartender, a lot of times you are, um, you stay behind the bar and like you, if you work with some guys, they love getting involved in the physical violence. Sure. Sure. And you're just kind of watching it all play out. And so like security cops come, but I remember like ducking as glasses are being like thrown because it just becomes a melee. Sure. Uh, And there's like the melee, that can happen out in the street in front of your bar. And then the cops come and they'll uh, write you a ticket for it because you didn't uh, control the crowd. But technically that ticket gets thrown out because it's outside. It's not, but they still have to write it. I have been to the court system of New York city many times as the manager. Really? Oh yeah. Um, And every time the tickets are thrown out because I'm not the owner. So Um, it's just a pain in the butt because you have to go downtown and wait and sit and feel like a total delinquent. And I, I would be like, I don't know, I don't, I don't own the bar. <laughs> I was a manager. You were, yeah, like... you know, not like a ticket for like underage because we were pretty strict about it. And people always got in, but you can tell underages are super easy. As much as they think they're not. Oh my gosh! Just the they're part of that sexual activity you see a lot in the bar where you're like, you know, go home, take (laughs) that, go home. There's a different place for this. And I mean, I'm not afraid to call it out. Like I would tap on that bar and, um, but I also would like kind of lecture it like a school, like teacher. And I would like, (laughs) like, I know what you're doing. I can, you need to remove your fingers from her and go home. You're done. <laughs> and they're so kind of shocked and taken aback. But I'm like, it's very clear. We've all, everybody's seen what you're doing. Get her home. Like, yeah. The bar had booths, you know, like all over. So that always is an invitation to bad behavior. And 
yeah, like I would, I was making a joke to you about, like, I can see your ass cheeks. And I, I would go over there and tap them on the shoulder and be like, everyone can see your ass cheeks. You need to go home. This is, it's, there's another venue, right? Yeah. Well, go ahead. Well, it's interesting though, because like, and I, we, I was, as we were talking before the show that there seems to be like this perceived invisible wall, right? Mm -hmm. That like, for some reason you behind the bar can't see outside of four feet of the bar, and it's like that is that so doesn't exist. Like I can see, you can see everything, right? I mean, that's and that is the truth. Like bartenders do see everything, um, whether you think we do or we don't. It's up to us whether or not we're going to call you out on it. Sometimes we let your bad behavior play for a while because it's entertaining. It's a show. Sure. We're like, oh, let's watch this date happen. Now, um, but now, you know, also we're there to like make sure things are good for everybody as well, though. Have you, so have you seen any of those shitty dates gone awry that you just were like, this is amazingly entertaining. Entertaining, but also, um, super, um, unsafe and surprising sometimes when I think about, um, modern dating and stuff that, I mean, I've had, especially on slower nights, it's always like, that's that invitation for people to come in for a date. Mm -hmm. And it never it always surprises me that like somebody will let somebody that you can clearly tell that they've met for the first time. Right. That it will allow that person to order their drink and then they go to the bathroom. Like the, the so, woman will go to the bathroom after the drinks order. Ordered and it's being made by me or another bartender. Um, but a lot of times um, I would wait until they come back to sure that in front of them it is kind of just a technique of bartending you just pour the drinks in front of people sure exactly because you see the count like if i'm a customer i see the count that you're pouring and i know how much alcohol i'm getting right right and i have legit had um had a guy once um order red wine for the girl that he walked in with she goes to the bathroom and while she's in the bathroom he asked me to drop a vodka shot into it and i went took those drinks back and I said, get out. Yep. I don't know what you're trying to do. Nobody shoots vodka into red wine. Uh-uh. And I told her when she went out of the bathroom, I'm like, just so you know, I was going to ask you, I mean, I'm assuming you did just like, Hey, yeah. I mean, I've spent a lot of time at that bar because the crowd was very much NYU younger, uh, lecturing and teaching people, not just manners, but like, <laughs> out safety and um i have as the um i hate to say it because it's like definitely more female based like women getting sick in the bathroom and passing out and i'm the as that person i have to be the one that has to crawl under the stall and make sure that they are appropriate before my security guards can handle them sure Um, sure and then of course occasionally i don't understand how they get left like where are your friends? What, you know, my friends would never have left me in this. Let me walk to the bathroom by myself. It's, it's always amazing. To the wild. Like just let's. uh, Yeah. 
Now, let me ask you. So what happened when you told, so let me, I want to jump back a little bit to um, yeah, yeah. when the, the woman came back from the bar or from the bathroom rather. And you said, Hey, homeboy wanted me to drop a vodka shot in your red wine. What do you remember what she said to that or how, how that went? She didn't really say anything. I remember she just kind of looked at me. I think, you know, they get embarrassed. Mm-hmm. So there really wasn't um, anything that was like sad. Just was like, Oh, okay. And they laughed. And I'm like, you should be careful with what you do. I mean, this is New York city. Like, yeah. <laughs> There's and like you spend a lot of time thinking I'm like, oh man, I just saved this girl's like life. <laughs> but you, you hope, right? You hope that yeah. you come to and you're like, wow, this guy is a real predator. Um and also right. like what bartender and you kind of alluded to it, but like what bartender in their right mind is gonna be like yeah, you know what? I will drop that vodka shot in there. Surprise. You you hope like nobody, but you never know. Uh, yeah, I mean, good. No, I think it's all about like, you know, the team that you work with and mm-hmm. you know, the people that you bring on and um everybody that I hired for that bar was like the nicest people like in everyday life and so like yeah, just good hard workers and probably all would have followed that example. Probably would never have let it fly. Yeah, I would. And I would, you know, it's like, and I also think too of just like a liability reason, right? Like suspend morality. Yeah, I mean, it, like, yeah, you're now that on the can hook. absolutely come back. Yeah. If I had a, a really nice bartender that worked for us, um, really smart, really good bartender, and he, Nice guy. And he went to, we're again, this bar is so busy, Jim, like just slammed. And he's like frozen in the middle of that you. And I would just like stop and I turned, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, right. cast that, that, that girl's top has fallen down. <laughs> and I look over what? And there's like shorter woman talking to this really tall guy and her left breast is out. Of her full out, well, full out, and he is such a nice guy. He doesn't know what to do. He feels obligated to tell her, but he doesn't want to embarrass her, and he's feeling very like embarrassed and doesn't. And I'm like, okay, I'll handle it. And I remember I walked over to her and I picked up the side of the halter and I went and I pulled it up over her, <laughs> and she looked and she like stopped and looked. I'm like your breast was out and she because like clearly she's trying to like talk to this tall good looking guy sure and sure i'm like can you not feel that like can you not feel the air there's wind um, where why can, can you not i guess not which she, like she was mad. mad she was mad <laughs> I, I interpreted it as that she was upset with me because i maybe it was point, like specific but i I didn't think so. <laughs> I don't want to see. Well, and also, I guess my thing too is, is like, yeah, like you're doing a favor. No, like you're yeah. kind of stepping in here of just like, hey, perhaps exposure right now isn't the best move. And right. Right. also we're in public. 
I mean, look, in New York City, yes, you're allowed to go topless. It's not, not against the law. You can do it. However, you should know that you are. And if you don't know, or maybe shit, I don't know. But I feel like you made the right decision. That's a Yeah. I mean, that's those are kind of like every day, every night type of stories. And then, of course, you have those nights where you definitely get more amateurs, like the holidays. Um, ah, yes. Like day before Santa Thanksgiving. Con. Yeah, Santa Con. That is, a holi- that is a day that needs to just disappear. That actually brings me to Revival. That's because I want to say my first Santa Con was Revival. And we were there early setting up. Mm-hmm. And I remember it's a day event. It starts in the day. And if people don't know what it is, it's where hundreds of people dressed as Santa like explode onto the city. Didn't it start like <laughs> as a charity event? Like it was supposed for good for good and then it moved it to evil. A, yeah, like this huge drinking festival. Like bigger than St. Patrick's Day, I feel. It is so crazy. So I said to, I mean, it was all bartenders, you know, like Andreas and I think maybe um, Alicia was there. And yeah. I said, I'm going to go get, I'll, I'm going to go to Starbucks and I'll go get us coffee to like start this day off right. Sure. Jim, I was walking down the street and it was really clear and dead. Like I was in the middle of the road. And I like turned the corner and thousands Uh, of Santas were like coming my way. And I stopped uh, and I sprinted back to revival. And I was like, it's coming. They're coming. Like (laughs) we were not right. Our security guard wasn't there. We were, you know, they were, it was the mob was like flowing down that street. And sure enough, within like, five minutes we were like slammed people yelling at us just and you're like "Ah." what do you and how and you know i would think at least like bartender uh i'm obviously not being a bartender but it's just like you generally look for like oh blue shirt oh like people are dressed differently right so it's like in a normal night, right? You see, like, oh, yeah. the guy, like the guy with the red hat. I'm going to him, right? Everyone um, has a red hat. Yeah, everyone has a red hat. So how do you know? How do you like kind of peg who's who and what's what? Like, it sounds like absolute chaos, and it is. Uh, having lived in yeah. New York long enough to know that Santa Con is a fucking nightmare, and that is. Um, I can say with joy i think that i i haven't seen it i mean i've only been back in detroit for like two years but it's uh i haven't seen it happen here maybe because of the pandemic but um yeah well i feel like it's um it's like a new york city thing and like a jersey thing i don't feel like santa con is like (laughs) moved moved worldwide i don't i don't think we're gonna see that I just feel so bad for any kid that's like walking around outside, like with their parents, and there here's Santa puking in a trash can at the corner, or fingering some woman uh, exactly. in the middle of the street, and it's Which like, happened. well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, historically, Santa has only delivered presents; he hasn't delivered anything else. And then, yeah, you can walk by a bar on Santa Con Day, and people are like, "There's like." 
Mrs. Claus. And of course it's not, it's like Halloween. So it's like a sexy Mrs. Claus. Sure, 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 sure. Like, you know, kind of like the red light district in like in Amsterdam. So like, (laughs) right. And you're like, Ooh, this is real. And then, you know, that bar could be right by the toy store. And it doesn't. Yeah. And parents have explaining to do. Right. And also, you know, look, um, uh, I've certainly have friends who have participated in this, uh, endeavor. Um, and I will say that though one of the rules of SantaCon is that you don't like fuck with kids. Like you don't like, like, I heard that. Yeah. You know, you don't go like, ah, I'm Santa. Like, because like, you know, the- I guess. Yeah. You, you want to, you want to preserve some sanctity of the, uh, establishment of who Santa is. Um, I used to, whenever I was out and I would see like Santa's out, I would fuck with them uh, on the here and there and be like, hey, I have a joke for you. What do you call a black guy in a Santa outfit? And of course, I'd hear the most horrible answers ever and then just go, Santa, you racist prick. (laughs) That's, it's just Santa. I don't know why you thought anything else. Right. Exactly. You're a horrible person. Um, so that was, that was my little, my little spice into the world of Santa Cobb. That's kind of, I like as a person now that I like to say that I'm retired from bartending, mm-hmm. um, except for when I'm with people in a house or something and they want me to make drinks. Of course, they like want me to make the drink. Sure. You're the, you jump uh, back yeah. in. Can you make me something good? Uh, no, here's a shot of whiskey. <laughs> <That's what we're laughs> I'll like. make you the best shot of whiskey Cass has to offer. How about yeah, that? everyone, like all your youngins at a bar always ask, can you make me a shot? Like, can it taste good? Um, sure. But do you want, why are you doing, why are you doing the shot to get fucked up or for it to taste good? Cause it's yeah. the same price as a drink. You're better yeah. off to get a drink. Do whiskey. Right. You're doing the shot to get fucked up. Right. Is that you want it to taste good? <laughs> yeah, like I, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I just had a conversation with somebody. I'm just like, you only shoot whiskey, tequila, right? Like right. those there. are the those are the only two. Like I've anyone who's shooting rum or vodka, it's like what? Those are your like if that's all you have, kind of options. You know, like vodka. Like you're like I just need a quick. But yeah, I always told people like if you're gonna if you need the upper do tequila right yeah yeah like i mean look i'm historically banned from any tequila shots ever like i'm i don't do well that's not i mean achilles heel uh i don't know it's why it's called tequila it should be called achilles uh because that's me i will and it's weird because as a bartender i have a very low tolerance i rarely drank behind the bar because i wouldn't be able to handle it and um now as a retired bartender i do i'm very careful about who i go with to bars because i want people to have manners and i want them to be good to service people sure Um, sure. and i have to be careful if i do drink and i'm on the other side that i'm not telling somebody off for their bad behavior at a bar (laughs) go down and be like that's not 20 percent like or whatever you know, it needed to be. And I'm like, you need to tip her. Like, and of course I'm that drunk girl. So I don't really allow myself that opportunity too often because 
I will be that like bartender in retirement at the bar. Cause I liked, I prefer to sit at the bar than at a table. It's right. Same. Same. It's good. I feel good, good about it. hundred percent. I feel you. Um, and I mean, it, that was also a fun part of like being part of a bar system that I worked at, uh, four of the um, bars that are owned by the same owners all within the same area because you do like, just like a regular, you kind of become like a local celebrity. It's like we were talking about how you went into a bar and you're like, Oh, here's a drink. That right, would right, right. all the time in union square. Cause they would come into my bar to drink and have their like, you know, less servers and stuff would come to like, just decompress and you take care of them you walk into their restaurant, you are like the godfather. Mm-hmm. Things, are, things are rolling out to your table. You do, and of course, again, comes all back to power. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> and you bring people that like have no idea. Um, I've had people visit me in New York and they're like, why are we getting all these free drinks? I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I know some things and I know some people. Welcome, welcome oh, to yeah. my city. Just enjoy. Just enjoy. <laughs> just, hang, just hang with me for a little bit. Uh, yeah. We'll see so much more. Well, right. listen, Cass, um, I could talk to you for hours Sorry. about this. <laughs> no, don't apologize. This has been so much fun. Um, I generally could talk to you forever about this, um, but I do want to jump into our next segment. Uh, first, awesome. before, I, before I do that, thank you so much for uh, bringing the life and times. Uh, this is, again, I was looking so so forward to this. Um, I hope I just didn't disappoint. <laughs> you, not at all. Not at all. We held the Revival brand uh, very high uh, here today. Um, but we're going to get into our next segment, which is uh, five questions for our guest. Um, this is... Five questions we ask each bartender that comes on to our podcast. Um, I don't have a more clever name for this segment, so we just say with five questions for our guest. So let's get into it. Question number one. What is the biggest misconception people have about being a bartender? Um, that we all tell jokes. Like not... Um, funny stories, funny stories I tell, like that sure. is why I am. I don't tell jokes. Like why, why is, did it, you know, and people mm. always would come in and ask, Oh, can you tell me a joke? I don't know any, like, why did it <laughs> chicken cross the road? Like, right, 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 right. Yeah, I don't, you know, I mean, there's lots of misconceptions like that. They think we like a are paid <laughs> or back when I work, you know, you didn't get a salary. You just made your tips. Sure, sure. All your little money went to taxes or whatever. But um, yeah, that you that we all can tell a joke. I mean, I knew a lot of bartenders that could tell a joke. Sure. But I'm more of a storyteller. Because uh, you're talking to people every day and you see a lot. And that's those are my funny jokes, mm-hmm. if you will. So not like the setup punchline, more of the long right. form. Right. Long There's form. definitely some dramatic pauses for, you know, for effect. And I have definitely over the years, you know, just like any storyteller, I look back and I'm like, was that how it went? Because you definitely manipulate and massage it to like have sure. the full effect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For entertainment value. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now question number two. What's the biggest tip that you have ever received as a bartender? 
Jeez. Um, I want to say maybe like a thousand. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of times at the bars I worked, you know, you're working with a lot of people. So you, um, or other people. So you definitely would divide that up. I wouldn't keep it all to myself. But I want to say that, that definitely has happened. Like a thousand, like someone dropped a grand yeah. and it was like, I can, yeah. And I would say like that was probably about the most I ever had made in a night. Like we're talking like Halloween or short staffed. Mm-hmm. Another holiday where people come out in New York City and you're just slammed, but you work so hard and you walk away and you're like, wow. And that was when like cash was king too. Sure. You know, like, now it's all, nobody carries cash. And so money is definitely different in how it's engages bartenders. So. Yeah. I mean, it, just to that point, I was just like, yeah, I, like when I tip, I try and like at least bring some cash from going to a bar, but like for the most part, like, yeah. I, I, you know, again, still always teaching. I was telling my husband, I'm like, he wants sometimes to leave cash because he knows it from me that it's better. It's better because you get the money straight up. Right. Uh, And I, but I also told him like, you need to write on their cash so that a, that their bosses don't think that they're crappy. (laughs) Right. Don't put a line through there. Just write cash because it could reflect poorly on them higher up. Interesting. Okay. I, I didn't know that. Um, I think we're, you know, just because they, they do, they like sit there in their offices and look through and be like, what's this? You know, why is it so much or whatever? Sure. Sure. Um, so listeners, make sure that if you are tipping on your receipts, write cash, please do that. Yeah. All right. Question number three, what is your one pet peeve of a customer? You only get one. What is the one thing if Cass is behind the stick? Don't do it. Oh, that's so. I'm doing kind of what my pet peeve is is like <laughs> being unprepared when it's busy. Okay. Being unprepared. You see how busy we are. And if you're going to come up and ask my opinion on what you should have and you don't know. <laughs> It's just throwing, because you get into a rhythm and I'm going to walk away and I'm going to let you think about it and then I'll come back to you, but you're going to have to pull up your big boy pants and tell me, you're going to have to make that decision right now on your own. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need, I'm going to need that from you. I'm going to need that. Or you're going to get a shot of whiskey or a beer because I, I can't, my brain is not there with you right now. And also read the room. Yeah, that that is that is yeah. Read the room exactly. Let's see where we are. All right, question number four. What is the one thing you've learned from bartending? Doesn't have to necessarily be about the bar. It's a very open-ended question. What is the one thing that you have learned from bartending? Um, in particular to New York, um, that. It's kind of weird, but I would say that um, not everyone in New York City is an alcoholic. I say that because when I first started bartending in New York, I, you, you don't realize that people come to a bar because unlike the Midwest where you have big enough places to like have people drink at your place, at your house, 
That's not mm-hmm. the case in New York. You're not hanging out necessarily in someone's living room, drinking at home, where us Midwesterners hide it at home. <laughs> and so when you first started, I thought, oh my God, everyone is an alcoholic. I see these people here every week. Like, right. I didn't really get it. And so until like I started to like realize I'm like, oh yeah, you don't nobody drinks at home at all, really. So does that make sense? Like and it well, yeah. Well, it does in that, like, you know, you space is such a premium here, right? And so bars become, I mean, I think bars in general are meeting places for people, but I feel like there's more emphasis on that here in New York because to your point, like you don't have like a entertainment room for everyone to come over and hang out at your house. So like, especially now, like people all they just go to a bar and that's where they hang and that's their you know they may not be getting hammered every night but that's just where they where they hang out at so right that's a uh, big conception for me in new at first i was like oh wow all right because yeah there was a time like wow everyone in the city is you know an alcoholic but that's just you know that's not the case <laughs> there are there are functioning there, well there's functioning alcoholics which right is, of course yeah there's people who just are hammered all the time but keep it together just a different part just just a very much a different culture but you know like like i said the midwesterners they just hide it they like do it in their basements sure <laughs> or the in the man cave or the shed or right the, yeah in the garage they sit in their driveways <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. all right so final question what is your favorite drink? What does Cass like to have either at a bar or at home, wherever, but what is your, what is your drink of choice? I'm very seasonal. Um, in the fall and winter, I love a single malt scotch with one ice cube. Although the Scots would be very mad about that cube, but it does add a nice effect, a small cube. Just one. Okay. Okay. Um, and I mean, I do love a good margarita in like when it's hot. I was going to ask, is margarita yeah. more spring, summer? Yeah. You know what? I really love salty dogs. Vodka grapefruit with a salt rim. Mm-hmm. Okay. Summer. Yeah. I'm actually, the vodka soda that I'm drinking in your honor is actually um, a grapefruit soda. I appreciate that. Because I like vodka grapefruits but it's not giving me all the sugar of the of the grapefruit juice but i also because again i'm retired it's coming from a can it's a vodka soda but in a can which you know i can't be bothered i can't be bothered to pour anymore (laughs) my wrists are weak it's a carpal tunnel you have uh, it's debilitated to the point where this <laughs> oh yeah uh, i can't 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 I twist can't that believe like i'm that. even holding a glass i should just have a straw like there's i'm so weak <laughs> <laughs> very funny i uh i appreciate your humor i genuinely do <laughs> well listen uh that is our five questions for our guest uh thank you again for indulging us here at the open bar talk podcast um we are gonna move into our final segment which is what were you drinking now this is a part of the show where i read a messy post from my twitter or facebook timeline and you, Cass, as our uh, as a resident bartender, having seen people drunk off of many different things, we need your expertise to diagnose what were these people 
drinking when they wrote it. Okay. So here is our post. Yo family. We know this bitch. Watch when I see her. I tagged family because bitch needs to get uh, this on her timeline. What do you think this person was drinking when they wrote that? Well, it sounds, first off, it sounds like my cousin. (laughs) 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 On face space, as I like to call it. Uh, I can assure you it's not your cousin, uh, just for, uh, for, for, for that sake. What do you think they were drinking when they? Oh were my drinking? god, something with too much sugar in it. Uh, something. Um, I'm gonna say like, gosh, my keep my mind keeps going to like Mad Dog 2020. Like that. Like you know what I'm talking about? Like when you're in college and that was like all you could afford, or you got someone to buy for you. <laughs> And you are and you are ready for violence more yeah. so than uh, anyone should be. Um, right. I feel uh, I feel on that. I could see Mad Dog Twenty Twenty uh, creating Yo Family. We know. Oh, we like bitch. cough syrup. Cough syrup. <laughs> hey, listen, that's a liquid, and you could drink it and make a decision off of it. So I'm not going to suspend you from it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, I would I would opt for cough syrup. Fuck it. Let's yeah, just say there. syrup it is. Promethazine uh, is our straw. <laughs> straw because there were emojis in there, which is classy. <laughs> I forget. Oh, okay. So after Yo Family, We Know This Bitch, uh, there was two angry emojis. Oh. And then watch when I see her, it wasn't the red-faced emoji. It was the, like, cle- like the regular one, except they were frowning. So... Maybe the straw would. There's definitely disappointment there. I think when you no red face, that person was disappointed. Yeah, well, they they're ready to fight, which again, they don't want to fight the person they know. (laughs) Typical classic. As is want to be. Sounds like somebody I'd kick out of the bar. Oh, a hundred. Yeah, I I I don't see this person lasting very long uh, at any at any establishment. But Kaz, I know that you. Have a uh, very sharp eye and uh, keen uh, keen initiative to get that person out of there. So that is our segment. What were you drinking, uh, Cass? Thank you so much for hanging with me. Um, I thank really you appreciate. Me. Of course, of course. Um, now at this point in the show, I always ask, um, do you like have anywhere people can find you? I mean, are you got any social media you want people to find you? Yeah, on? I mean. Not right now, you know, I'm doing a lot of theater, but theater still hasn't 100% come back. So just keep your eyes posted out there, you know. There you go. We'll we'll take that. Okay, uh, we'll do a part two here on your podcast. Listen, love to have you back. I mean, I can't imagine that this is it. There's probably many more uh, stories uh, afoot uh, that have happened in the career. So Talk recipes. I love it. I'm into it. <laughs> well, uh, listen, thank you so much again for hanging with me. I appreciate the time. Um, for all of y'all out there, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Open Bar Talk Podcast. If you want to find us, of course, go to openbartalk at gmail.com 
Open Bar Talk on Instagram and Open Bar Talk on Twitter. Um, if you want to find me, I'm at Jim Search. Uh, JimSearchComedy.com is a good place to find me. Um, you know, of course, if you're looking for this podcast, you can do that. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, underneath your car, wherever you find podcasts, that is a place to get at us. Um, you know, again, Cass, thank you so much for hanging with us. Uh, you are an inspiration. Uh, we appreciate you here. Um, make sure you put a water between each drink, uh, stay tuned for the next one and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.